0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of season two of Sour Grapes with Amy and Edda. As always, I am Amy. And she... I am Edda. It's true. As usual. I can't believe we are 12 weeks into
1: this. That's a little mind-boggling.
0: I feel like this season has both been a blur and interminably long.
1: I have no idea where November went because I feel like about a week ago, I was going, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's already November. And now this week is December and I kind of need November back. (laughs) I'm not ready for it to be December yet. Right.
0: Like I'm very ready to... Todd took um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off this week, and it was really nice to just, like, be at home and do nothing mm-hmm. and watch TV, even though we did not get into Ted Lasso. But I'm mm-hmm. very ready. I know, I know. We'll talk about that. But I'm very ready to, like, have my family home with no obligations for a couple of weeks.
1: It will be nice.
0: But getting
1: getting from here to there is daunting. Have you guys had anything in Arlington about schools going back to virtual? Have they talked about that at all? Um, not
0: really? the Friday before Thanksgiving break, the superintendent sent out an email and just said, Hey, cases are going up. If it is at all possible for you to switch to virtual for the next few weeks, Please consider doing that so that we can stay open for the kids and the parents who, like, need it. Yeah. And I am sending Graham because of the dyslexia therapy at this point. Yeah. Like, if we weren't dealing with that, I would keep him home. But... Yeah. His dyslexia therapist, like, had COVID the week before Thanksgiving, so... He missed out on a whole week of that, so I'm very eager to get him yeah. back in there. Yeah. And then you guys are going to quarantine
1: after this week, right? Yeah, we are. We're keeping the boys home for the two week, the last two weeks of this semester, um, following this week, so that we can be completely quarantined before seeing my dad at Christmas, because um, my husband is not working this month at all. So, which is like very weird, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: that's that's really good. Yeah. Also, is there going to be a murder? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? I might just go. It's always nights. great when spouses get to spend a lot of time together. Spouses who aren't used to spending a lot of time together. Um. So. Right. Yeah. Right. It's wonderful. Yeah.
1: It'll be. Fine. We've had
0: we've had a few little weekend. Uh, Todd getting up in my business and asking me why I do things that I do every single day a certain way, and I'm like. Please back
1: off. Yeah. I, I have solo parented this for so many world. years that I just have my own way of doing things and I'm stubborn and I don't want to do them. And it's worked. a different way.
0: It's worked perfectly. Yeah. Did you guys ever solve the, um, the,
1: the battle of the trash can? We did. <laughs> we have been fighting over where to put our trash can, um, because it's sort of been out in the middle of the kitchen and feels very um, college dorm room. Uh, so we yeah. we did. We we actually have a trash can cabinet that had like the little slider thing with a trash can in it, but it's like oh, one of nice. the most old versions of that that probably exist. So it's tiny, and we discovered that we could buy a new version of this that is not quite tall kitchen size or whatever, um, but we're doing that instead. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds like, a compromise. Yeah. Domest- it's like a compromise. Domestic right there. bliss, y'all. Trash can happiness. Heck yeah.
0: This is this is marriage. We have a trash compactor that doesn't work right now. That I kind of want to take out and
1: get a wine fridge there i feel like trash compactor if you had to think is there a kitchen appliance it's so 90s if, 80s i feel uh-huh. like it's even 80s like if there's it's a kitchen appliance 80s. That i think is we had 80s, one yeah it's a trash compactor it's that one we
0: had one in our house that we lived in from like 91 to 97 yeah i think And so, like, I just think those – but, like, the house obviously had been lived in before us. Right. And anyway. Anyway, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight. Tonight. (laughs)
1: Elocution Safari. Tonight, I am drinking a Beaujolais uh, because they just came out this month for 2020. And it pairs nicely with um, turkey and it pairs nicely with gumbo. And today, I made turkey gumbo. So – Yes. What about you? Does
0: it also pair well with victory?
1: Does yes. it pair well with victory? Everything pa- pairs well with victory. <laughs> That's true. Give me
0: some, give me some like uh, tepid water and it tastes better it with victory. It it's been so long. It's been so long. I am having a Belle Gloss Pinot Noir. I'm told That this might be a favorite wine or a favorite Pinot of a couple of basketball coaching staff people. Can neither confirm or deny this totally, but it pairs very well with victory. And we are now on a two-game winning streak with Baylor basketball and a one-game winning streak with football. And a one-game winning streak with Baylor women's basketball. Oh, us! It's been a dang good week in Baylor sports. It has. Did you watch? You know, I kind of liked last week when we did a little breakdown or like an overall re, uh, uh, like a prepper for what we're going to cover this week. Okay. And I think I want to try that again. I like it. So we're going to talk marginally about the college football rankings. Yep. For the playoffs. We are going to talk about the weekend in which many things happened for teams that are not the Baylor Bears. We are going to talk about Baylor things, shooty hoops and football. And then what is that when we get to sour grapes of the week? Yes. Because I have a very strong opinion. I don't know if this is your opinion
1: also, but can't wait. Yeah, that's where we bring the petty. I think I no, think we we'll bring ha- the petty throughout the podcast. I think that you and I are in agreement about the main sour grape, although I feel like there is an honorable mention sour grape that we don't have listed. So stay tuned. Ooh, I can't wait! Ah, the suspense
0: is killing me. Mm-hmm. I hope it lasts. Um. Okay. So college football rankings. Yeah. I didn't watch the show. I was so excited
1: because I didn't really care, and then I didn't watch. I didn't watch um, because I have a life and more important things to do than watch this. So they came out this week.
0: We had happy hour outside with some neighbors on Tuesday evening. And one of those neighbors is a big Aggie fan and he let me know that the Aggies were ranked 5th. And aside from that, I have no idea. I don't know who's number 1. Who is number 1? Well,
1: if you had to guess.
0: Bama. Yeah. Ohio State? No, Bama. It's Ohio State? No, it's Bama. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I think yeah, we had make, I think we had a glitch in our
1: signal. But yeah, oh. it, number 1 is Alabama. Number 2 is Notre Dame. 3 is Clemson, 4 is Ohio State, mm-hmm. and the next two out are a and Florida. Saucy. I I have some some opinions on this. So let them fly. Well, I understand why they're choosing to rank Ohio State number 4. They have played they have played well. They have been decisive. They have played half as many games as Notre Dame. Three games fewer than Alabama. Three games less? Three games? I don't know. Uh, Less. They're four games fewer. Right, but is it less or is it fewer? Alabama
0: has played eight, and then Notre Dame and Clemson have both played nine games.
1: Alabama has played eight eight now when the rankings came out on Tuesday they'd only played seven it was okay so um so I just I think like I get why they're ranking them number four they're no, but I think it's kind of shitty that they have played so many fewer games than other teams like if I were Cincinnati and I were 8-0 I would be pissed that a team that's played four fewer games than I has have um is ranked number four or if i were byu and i were nine and zero, yeah
0: and i'm at 14 yeah. down there yeah I just, as always it's all made up and meaningless but especially in a pandemic year when no one has played the same amount of games like, everyone has had covid stoppages
1: like oregon is <laughs> has played three games and they're ranked 15. Wisconsin has played two games. They're two and one, and they're ranked 16. That's, I'm sorry, that's just crazy. And
0: Oregon, Oregon left to the lost to the Beavers, Friday night, right? They did.
1: They did lose to the Beavers Friday night, um, which was a little bit of a, I you know I don't follow Oregon football and or especially Oregon State football enough to know, but. It has not been that many years since Oregon State was, like, full-on booty trash. So... Right. I mean, I always say don't sleep on the beavers. Don't count the beavers out. I just, I just, the beavers will maul you. I just can't... I can't think of beavers without thinking of the fact that, the, like, the main liquor store in Vale is beaver liquors. <laughs> and... Oh my gosh, that is, is a play on words it, right there. It is quite indeed. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, pardon me. Yeah, why you knock know, knock my headphone out. Can't of my sleep hand. on a beaver. Um, but I also think that this was the Oregon was the like last chance for the Pac-12 to potentially have a CFP spot and this sort of was the nail in the coffin for that.
0: You hate to see it. Do I though? Poor Pack
1: 12. They're just I don't so feel bad forgotten for them at all. And I attend a Pack 12 school. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Um
0: any other well, okay, I see that Texas was in there at 17. bull bully for them, I guess.
1: I like not anymore. Like, I love that schools like Tulsa and Marshall and Coastal Carolina and mm-hmm. Northwestern and Indiana are in this. It's like, makes me really happy. I like to see some parity in my uh, college football rankings. My dad has, de- the Bob father has declared that he is now a Northwestern fan since uh, there's no. Point, really, in cheering for LSU or Baylor, sorry, um, this year. Right now. But yeah. he he's going to be a Northwestern fan this year. He's decided. So.
0: I mean, I think I'm still Indiana gang oh, or yeah. die. Same. But, yeah, I, I mean, it goes back to Jill Petri's tweet last week. Like, why not just give it a chance? Yeah. Like, why not give some team who would never be in the playoffs – A chance this year. Might as well. I don't know. Because we can't have good things. I guess. So the weekend happened. It did. We had some good post-Thanksgiving football. The Texas Longhorns had Senior Day Mm
1: -hmm. at home on Friday against Iowa State. How'd that game go? I mean, it's a classic... uh rivalry right there right there yeah. yep not as
0: highly like viewed and esteemed i think as texas versus kansas but still always a much anticipated matchup yeah, yeah. you know i uh... was it the nail in tom herman's coffin was
1: it the nail is he gone oh, i don't know honestly like my spiteful little heart hopes that he's not gone, but I don't think things are looking good for him. I mean, it certainly wasn't bad enough to fire him mid-season, like Derek Mason, but it certainly didn't do anything to, um, I can't. I'm, my mind is blank on the word I'm thinking of, but to, uh endear him to to
0: the fan base the fan
1: base and the boosters and the powers that be
0: i continue to go back to the fact that it's the last weekend in november and texas played that game on friday with a chance to get into the big 12 championship game And everyone, like Texas fans who I know, are happy that they lost because they want to fire him. And it's just so foreign to me because, first of all, y'all haven't won a Big 12 championship since, like, the early 2000s. Like, before 2010. Baylor's won two since then. You would think you would want to be contending for that championship. But you don't because you just want to get rid of the next coach who you will blame all of your ills on. And um, and unfortunately, I think that the Derek Mason firing and the Will Muschamp firing have laid the groundwork. There are people on the internet who say that Houston big money donors for Texas have already pledged like $10 million a year for Urban Meyer. Now, who knows how realistic that is, but like, I think... In this economy. Imagine spending that kind of money. In this
1: economy. Plus the buyout well, in this economy. It's, it's just like, it's shameful. How can you morally and ethically, if you just have millions of dollars laying around to light on fire, say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this money to let my school fire a coach who's not doing that badly? Right. Rather than saying, Let me help families who are being evicted because their jobs disappeared. Um or, you know, really literally anything other than donating it to to a fund to get rid of a coach. There's so many Or, or good this is this
0: isn't even the fund to get rid of Urban or get rid of Herman. This yeah. is the fund to pay Urban Meyer. 10 million dollars a year you could put that money towards an endowment which would help cover scholarships scholarships for students whose family are in economic peril right now who knows but yeah or for students whose family members have died of covid in the past 10 months i don't know what a crazy idea who have ongoing
1: medical expenses because they got covid who knows there's yeah just whacked my microphone. Sorry, y'all. Um, but there are just so many good things you could do if you have millions of dollars lying around. And yet, I, that's what you're going to spend your money on. It's pretty
0: morally depraved. I am It's their I money. Mean, they can do what they want, but like... <laughs> gotta get those plastics,
1: sticks, uh, man. Yes. Someone found out they have a cavity at their most recent dentist appointment and now we're obsessed with oh no so yeah i
0: like that i love flossing it's my favorite it's the most satisfying thing in the world i
1: hate oh i love it my dad's a dentist i I hate flossing it's the worst
0: i'm very weird but also i want todd to get me a camera that i can use to look in his ear oh my gosh for christmas it's true. Like,
1: she sent me this link I'm on Black Friday strange. for this like ear canal camera on Amazon and I really thought it was going to be those ear candles. Have you done that? It's literally, it looks like a no. Chinese finger trap and you put it in your ear and light the other end on fire. And it sucks the yeah, wax it's, out, right? Yeah. It, I think it really does work in some way because we did a control where we like burned one without having it in your ear and burned one with. And it, there was a noticeable difference. um. But yeah. I want the satisfaction of getting the wax out with
0: surgical precision myself. This is what... <laughs> this is my weird kink. I don't know. <laughs> this is what I love to do. Love it. And Todd, I, I think he's like... Scand- like it's his uh Scandinavian roots or something. I don't know. He has his love at your Anyway, this has been TMI with Amy tonight. Ah, shooty hoops. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So I think that Tom Herman is probably going to be gone this yeah. week. This week? Word on the street is Tuesday. Word on the street is this week. They are not wasting any time because they want to get Urban Meyer. I don't know if they're gonna get Urban Meyer, but I like. You know, they were very quick on the draw with Charlie Strong back in twenty sixteen. Like they hired or they fired him. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was, ASAP. It
0: was so that they could get Herman. It wasn't it
1: Thanksgiving weekend. Uh uh-huh. huh. Hmm. Maybe it was somewhere in there. 2015 and 2016 run together in my head because 2015 I was in Baton Rouge for Thanksgiving and LSU won and it saved Les Miles' job for that year. And then 2016 they lost in about the same time frame and he got fired somewhere in there. I don't know at all. We hired Rule like – December seventh or it was, something, I think. It, it felt late. But like compared to this last year's
0: Because Texas had already hired yeah. women at that yeah. point. That's why. Yeah, they had yeah. So they're quick, like when they decide, they move forward very quickly. So yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it were this week. Yeah. I we got we got to we got to become reacquainted with our uh troublesome Zach, the troublesome Zach Smith, yeah. not the
1: precious Tulsa quarterback Zach Smith. <laughs> and he texted me and said, D- Did you see Zach Smith's tweet? And I was thinking, Tulsa, former Baylor, Zach Smith. And I was like, He tweeted and said something like controversial. Uh, but it is he not. He really him. should
0: be the only Zach Smith we acknowledge. Yes. No, no, it's not. And as I said, when Zach, other bad Zach Smith tweeted this on Friday, like, uh, one despicable human made a sick burn on another despicable human and <laughs>
1: it's it's like that meme i'm not really like rooting for anyone the, pers- the person you hate the most spite- made or the sweating person
0: <laughs> yes that was me but it was hilarious because it came full circle from tom herman saying to zach smith okay cool sick em. Yeah. or no hook him em. hook em. hook, em. hook em. okay cool sick em is is tonight's episode yeah. title, i think And then uh, Zach Smith (laughs) saying that and then also calling Tom Herman a stupid Rhymes with Witch. It was fantastic. It was. It made me laugh. Also, our resident resident LSU Tiger fan did not watch the game yesterday because Baylor was on. It's true.
1: And also, after Baylor finished, I was too lazy to go find lsu game because i knew it was already a dumpster fire and i just wasn't in the mood to subject myself to that so
0: as much as it annoys me to have aggie doing well i do love the fact that i know it drives
1: the longhorns crazy yeah that's true it is nice but also they're kind of insufferable
0: they are, but, like, we don't have any skin in this game this year. No. Also, this year is made up and meaningless, so also go true. ahead. Have your best season. Do it now. Do it now while
1: it doesn't Watch count. them just, like, put up on their wall national champions Oh, in a made up they're year. Totally gonna they're totally going to They're going to.
0: And it will be, like, national championship for playoffs that don't ever get played yeah because
1: they get canceled due to a COVID surge or something I feel like if I mean realistically Baylor men's basketball and women's basketball have more right to put up banners for last year Mm -hmm. as national champions than Aggie does for like half of the ones they claim and we won't even get into yeah. Alabama because I think currently they claim something like 17 national championships, which is just. It just means more than the SEC. You get a two for one.
0: Every time you win a national championship, it actually counts as two. Did you know that? It Yeah. I'm making this up, Eddie. You look like you're thinking about this. No, I was actually
1: life. thinking about like how many SEC national championships, like what is the weight scale? do theirs count for two or should theirs be like 1.75 what
0: or should they be half because of the inflation of the sec as a conference
1: possibly
0: so like they automatically have an easier path to a national championship game every year
1: but we could also argue that it's not like they get there and then our embarrassments unlike oklahoma It's true. So. Because I know we might have some Oklahoma people listening. Yeah. That was a weird experience. It was a weird experience.
0: And I was like, how? You know what? The brand is strong because random guy who is an Oklahoma fan, who I don't think has any
1: connection I think somebody suggested that he listen to us. And he must have. Because he told us to knock it off on hating on the Cowboys with the Cowboys slander. So shout out to random Sooners you know fan. Oh, sorry
0: that I don't remember your name. Let's let's name him. Let's name him because I feel like this is deserving <laughs> of it. Um, name, name it, Harry Taylor, it. hype man Harry. Yes. You know what, Harry Taylor? Shout out to you. <laughs> Welcome to the family. Yes. Leave us a five-star review, and we will read it you know, Tell us your favorite Probably. wine. Maybe. Someday. That's it. That's it. So, Baylor. Good week. Yeah. We played some sports. Are we going to
1: discuss the contentious nature of the week? We could. I mean, our nature is you not want too shy away from contentious subjects. We are, we are the Red... We're the red-headed stepchild of Baylor Sports podcasts. It's, are we? Yeah. I mean. Not really. I don't know. I don't really I like, like maybe the, the term we get a red-headed place of prominence stepchild. Because
0: we're the only women. Also, we're the only women. That's like, true. That's a, that's a cool thing. Can you give a rundown? Because you are the scientist of the group.
1: Yeah. So... Of what has happened in the past week. Last Sunday, did we know this when we were recording last week? I can't remember. I think we knew that Scott Drew had tested positive, and
0: ASU was getting freaked out. Yeah, or getting nervous.
1: So, uh, TLDR: Scott Drew tested positive on Friday. I believe he tweeted it out on Sunday. That um. He had tested positive. So far, no one else had tested positive. He was isolating at home, um, had been isolating, had been wearing masks, staying distant, all of that. Um, ASU canceled their game early, like canceled on Sunday, I believe, for a Wednesday game versus Baylor. Um, Baylor people were up in arms over this in the fact that they canceled so early. Which, right, I understand the ire, but I also say that ASU was well within their right, epidemiologically speaking, to be concerned about this. It was well within the time frame in which, if you were exposed... You could still present symptoms. You could be um, contagious before knowing that you have it. You could be contagious and asymptomatic. Um, So I, I believe the general window is like, if you're going to present with symptoms, it's usually in the like four to five day to 10 day range but can be as early as like three days or as late as 14. And actually, I think there have been a couple of documented cases where it's like 17 days, but very, very rare. So it is a, it can be a long-ass incubation period. And so ASU was within their, their rights to cancel, and honestly, it was probably a wise decision, especially considering that we've had teams like, I don't know, Clemson, who have people test positive and then they're like, oh, they were at they were at practice all week that week, other than the day that they tested positive and they were you know, they were wearing a mask, but they were there. That is such bullshit. Or they traveled. Yeah. They traveled or with the team. They, they were sick and while having symptoms. Yeah, sick and having symptoms yes. and traveled with the team. I'm sorry, you can't I know that as Baylor fans, we all trust Scott Drew because he is a man of high character and has proven that time and time again but i totally understand yeah. why other schools don't want to trust that like it
0: makes Also sense. what is Arizona's hospital bed situation yeah. at the moment like so, y'all are in the middle of a big surge well, and, and that's the
1: crazy. that is the crazy beds. thing Arizona is in the middle of a big surge that's not as bad as the rest of the nation um, but this week, the there is a, a joint COVID modeling research group between U of A in Tucson and ASU um, here in Tempe, who said, they, they sent a letter to our governor saying, not even taking into account holiday travel, we will exceed all hospital capacity sometime in the next three weeks. Like, all hospital capacity. There will be no urgent care. There will be no emergent care. Like if you are in a car accident and you need something, that capacity at the hospital won't be there. So I am... Or if you have a heart attack. Yeah. Or if you... you know, yeah. If you suddenly need a triple bypass like my dad, that capacity won't be there. So I am sure right. that the sports teams are being advised by the teams at ASU Biodesign Bio and all of these research groups. Um, and not, not to say that Baylor basketball is not being advised by these things either, but everyone has right. their own risk budget that they're willing to take. And I don't think we should begrudge other teams for what they're willing to do. Do I think it's a sustainable risk level? Not necessarily. I think if they stay this stringent through their whole season – they're not really going to end up playing games. But you know what? Maybe that's what they've decided. Maybe that's what ASU and the team and the athletic department have decided as a group is that this is the level of risk we're willing to take. If that means we don't play a bunch of games this year, we don't play them. Um, Who knows? I guess we'll see as time goes on. If, If they decide to start playing teams other than us, we totally have a right to be mad at them and I will join y'all in flaming them. But at this point I'm reserving judgment. So that was a way longer TLDR than I meant. No, but I mean, like,
0: I think it speaks to the, the, like the moral quandary of Baylor fans this week, especially Baylor fans who take COVID seriously, because on the one hand, it was really fun to anticipate, you know, the, the kickoff tournament, like the beginning of the year, we would have a couple of pre like premiere games, um, and it would be a little bit of normalcy in an otherwise pretty crappy year. And so we all looked forward to that. I think that like, especially because we spent a lot time, a lot of time last week, um, laughing at. Dabo and his outsized reaction to Florida State deciding not to play. Like I I did not feel like I could in good conscience um like say anything about Arizona State deciding their own like thing and why they wouldn't play. Now I do think they went on to play and get their butts kicked by Villanova on Thursday and Narrowly won against Rhode Island on Wednesday, so may- maybe there is a part of them that was just not ready to play Baylor yet. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in 2020 because I think that every every school, every team, every program has probably earned that, and it's a made-up year. And this is just what we're gonna get.
1: Yeah, I I like I don't. But it was want nice <laughs> once we decided to play. I don't want this year to be made up because I'm so freaking excited about the potential for our basketball team. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm in some ways it is. So
0: it. I mean, at least it is until like February. Yeah. You know, I think that things are just. There is very much so a part of me that is just like, why don't we put it off for a couple of months? Yeah.
1: We can have and we can have May Madness, and...
0: right? I'd love it because there's nothing else going on. Although we will, I guess, get the Olympics this year. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of things to look forward yeah. to. Anyway, they have now won as of nine o'clock on Sunday night. They've won two games in two days. I think Jerome Tang moves up to four and zero in the head coach spot like he's had to take over a couple of times and gotten now four wins and I don't know why all the Jerome Tang as head coach tweets and articles are coming out now I don't like it do not take him from us he's been with us from the very beginning do not take him
1: now well and I mean you and I are our, our Baylor start is at a similar point in time so literally almost our in- our entire Baylor experience for basketball has Absolutely. been Absolutely. With Jerome Tang. Um and I I'm not, I'm not ready for that to end. I will not begrudge him the I mean he fully deserves any opportunity that comes to him, but I'll be so sad. <laughs>
0: I would too, and also I don't know why like y'all are just now talking about this as a possibility. Like he has been here for 17 years and has shown himself as capable in the role. Jerome
1: Tang's Baylor career can almost vote. Right. You know, I love to pay taxes um, on its own. I also love
0: that I freaking love that Aditya... One of the assistant coaches now, like, he was at Baylor with me. He was in my class. Really? Yes. He coached one of my flag football teams that I played in, like, either my sophomore or junior year. Like, that's crazy because we were at Baylor at the same time. Yeah. Whenever. Whenever Patrick Dennehy got murdered and Scott Drew got hired and Jerome Tang got hired.
1: Yeah, so my it's freshman very cool. year we didn't even have any basketball
0: for for men or was it you didn't we didn't have non-con and then i think they only played big 12 in the 20 2003 2004 season they like really? only played big 12 i think
1: i thought it was nothing i think because now now i have to look
0: we're going to we're going to put a pin in that Drew got hired in August of 2003, which was, like, two weeks before Todd and I officially began our life as a couple. This is Sarah Rogers tweeted about that this week. Like, Scott Drew and Jerome Tang have been a couple of Baylor coaches, like, longer than a lot of marriages have been intact, or a lot of relationships have been intact in this day and age. So, anyway, Etta is going to look up that. And I'm Would you going look at that? We did segments. play games.
1: Why did I think we didn't play any games?
0: Because we didn't play well, Etta. <laughs> I, was that when we had Aaron Bruce? Like, oh, the Australian? Yeah. We weren't good. That's the point. And we had Mamadou in there at some point. I don't remember when. Okay. Our entire podcast got interrupted by an emergency dog situation in the Paget household, but everything's good now. We from our from our best surmisal we were talking about Old the, School uh, basketball the first season. Right. The first season of the Jerome Tang and Scott Drew tenure. Yes. But we're gonna move on from that. We are. Uh past is less. Maybe this will be like a basketball sour grapes conversation to come. Oh, I like it. I, I don't know. We don't know. We're, we're not committing to this right now, but we no. will still probably need our therapy. So we'll see. Anyway, football last night. We played.
1: Would you say it was a tale of two halves? It was. Although I feel like that's sort of a theme this year. Right. Or at least a tale of four quarters but this week was definitely a tale of two halves
0: yeah so like an overarching theme on the broadcast which was terrible
1: oh my god but they were talking about were how it was so bad
0: they were so bad and so dumb and the referees were dumb too like they kept like calling a penalty on Kansas state when it was supposed to be on Baylor or blah blah. And the blah, announcers blah, blah. kept We'd saying address.
1: These announcers or these referees really haven't messed up too much. I'm like, they're terrible. What are y'all talking about?
0: We definitely got like the F team. But they did keep saying like it just feels like a weird day, weird night. And yeah. I felt that all day yesterday. It felt like midnight at like two in the afternoon. It yeah. rained. I- I had no appetite for like the first time ever in my life. I was like looking through food catalogs and I was like, nothing sounds good to me. And Todd was like, oh, this is a big deal. And I was like, yes, I have an appetite. It's fine. Um, I'm a big girl. (laughs) I'm a big girl at heart. But um, it felt weird. I did not. Like Todd at halftime was like, can we just turn this off? And I was like, you know what? No. No. It can't hurt me. We're gonna keep watching at this point. Whatever, it's just humorous. We just uh, we sit back and we watch what happens, and we're not emotionally invested. But then I became emotionally invested. I always become emotionally invested, and we won. I think that you and I both have talked about no, no. You, I was just gonna say we've talked about the fact that like Charlie does well when there's no pressure, no pressure. And it feels, like, when we're down big, or when the game has just begun, like, it's like he plays balls to the wall, then if we either get ahead, there's, like, pressure to keep that lead, but if we get down big, yeah, it's like he just freestyles and doesn't think about it anymore.
1: I think it's that, I mean, in my mind, it's that he can no longer overthink things if he's under pressure right. and and not thinking about i have to maintain this lead it's just i have to play football from instinct he does great and it's like he feels football right we've been watching um a uh, school of rock this week with the boys which maybe was a little too early age wise, so wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but they loved it. Um but it's like, like you, Jack Black? Yeah. But it's like you oh have God, to feel the rock and roll in your gut and in your soul to yeah. play it. Don't overthink it. And I feel like that is what happens with Charlie. He overthinks it normally. But then when he's in that situation right. where he's down and his back's against a wall, he he just has to go with it. And it works well. Not going to say he probably procrastinates on assignments and homework, but it wouldn't surprise me if he does.
0: Right. Under that pressure. You... Yeah.
1: I mean, that was me in school. I
0: also wonder how much of it is <laughs> uh, abandoning whatever offensive plan has been constructed by the offensive the visor. coaching side of the ball. And just going for it. Just playing Charlie ball.
1: Playing playground ball. Can we just, like, start calling it the Mad Visor? Like, people used to call Les Miles the Mad Hatter. Can we just call it the Mad Visor? But, like... Mm, or Vizier. Les was doing, like, good things, right oh but he i mean he's had some real boneheaded situations like clock management situations and like specifically thinking about time running out versus kentucky stuff like that or i guess time running out and not using timeouts that sort of thing i don't know i don't know
0: i uh i saw the quote where Aranda said that he overheard Charlie se- tell someone last night that we're going to win this game or I'm going to die trying. <laughs> and I just think, like, there is nobody out there who can dispute his will to win. Oh, absolutely. Or his grittiness or his... Um, Stick-to-itiveness. Stick, his perseverance, his his willingness to put it all on the line. Yeah, even literally if he dies. There were um, a couple times mostly if it were my son. Yeah. Please don't yeah. kill Charlie. If it were my son, I would be like, no, no, please don't yeah. die. Please don't die tonight. Um, but you know he does have the locker room and there are a whole bunch of guys out there who are <laughs> bit bit do we say bitter? Like or just fed up with seeing the way that Charlie
1: has been doubted. You know what? If that is what it takes to get these guys fired up and protecting Charlie, I'm all for it. I'll keep saying mean things about Charlie if Mm -hmm. it gets you all fired up. Granted, I'm just a fan with a podcast. I don't have like an actual journalistic platform attacking Charlie. So who knows? I already said I was, like, if Charlie wants to prove me wrong, I'm more than willing to eat my words. And, yeah. He did great last night. I was excited to see him do well.
0: It was great for him. It was great for the seniors on the team. And, honestly, like, I don't even think that you and I are in a position where we need to eat crow. Our whole premise this whole entire season has been – if we're not contending for a championship, like, maybe it is just time we give younger kids experience. Yeah. But I do, you know, I think that probably Charlie has earned the right to finish out the season. I don't necessarily think it is the most, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? The most, like, looking toward the future move thinking? for the coaching staff? yeah. Yes, forward-thinking. It's not the most, like, forward-thinking, progressive move for the coaching staff because eventually you are going to still have the same situation you have now where you have yeah. backup quarterbacks who have but no game experience.
1: It might be the right choice for 2020.
0: Maybe. Right. And also, RJ Sneed, Treston Ebner. Dude. Y'all had fantastic games last week. Y'all balled last out. RJ Sneed is definitely this year's Mims. I think that he has either one or two years left of eligibility at this point yeah, we because of COVID. Yeah, we were trying to figure this out yesterday. He redshirted 2018, okay. I believe. He had one catch, four yards receiving, yeah. and was that that Was that the
1: it. first year they could do the whole, like, you can play in up to four games and still redshirt?
0: Don't know. Don't know if that was 2018 or 2019. I know. I can't remember
1: when that came in it was 2018 but i don't know that for sure we will um show notes that but either way
0: he did not walk yesterday for senior day he is technically a junior uh even though like it is his fourth season yeah in the program so
1: i love covid year is a free year like, I love seeing his mom tweet about him because it always says Dr. Rhonda uh-huh. Sneed. And uh-huh. I'm like, yes! Claim that. Yeah, Be queen. proud of that. It just, it makes me so happy.
0: Also, she's literally the most positive person for every damn yes. kid on that team. Like, eternal Wishing optimist. them all after so happy fantastic. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel good. I feel good... I feel like maybe we don't contend for a championship, but we can like ruin some other dreams. I just saw that we oh, have yeah. prime time against OU on Saturday. I am seven like o'clock game fully, in Norman.
1: fully team chaos at this point. Whatever uh-huh. happens uh-huh. to spoil other people's seasons, I I would love us to be the spoiler. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Um will admit that I had a moment in the first half where I was like I I texted a friend who was at the game and I said does this feel as bad in person as it does on TV and their their response was K-State seems even worse in person than I was expecting like we'll be fine and we were I'm pleasantly happy about this so
0: Yeah, I mean, I was being uncannily optimistic in the second half. Like I tweeted, even when we were down and it didn't necessarily look great, like, "Look, we're gonna win this." Yeah. By the second half, it Um, totally
1: felt different. But the first half felt real iffy. Awful. Yeah. It felt awful. It It felt droll. And do do you have any sort of? one of my favorite insight into how the coaching staff felt about
0: Charlie's performance. I think they felt pretty good. I, uh, I may have like, I went to bed at like 10 last night and I woke up some to some text messages at 2 AM. And one was just like listing out Charlie's stats and the fact that he was like, what 31 for 39 in at least half of those 39 attempts, he was hit had he, ha- he yeah. took seven or eight sacks he had two touchdowns throwing and two rushing I think maybe I think so no I don't I anyway't know um and it was just a big old Charlie effing brewer and I think that this coach this this coaching staff like he is the the brand of Baylor right now yeah. and his teammates love him and I think it was a good unifying win yeah. And I you feel know, like sometimes us against the world. That's, and I think
1: that's what you need.
0: It was a hallmark of Bryles, yeah. Like it was a hallmark of that era when it was us against the world,
1: yeah. And I don't scrubby little Baylor
0: want to go back to right. I don't want to go back to completely that era because I also think that it was like, yeah, um, reclusive and like not wanting to be a part of the greater university, yeah. At large, but... And I like having defense. I think anytime you see a team... Right. And anytime you see a team struggling, but like... Yeah. Wrap their arms around each other. Yes. I think that's... A, well, it's a character sign.
1: And I think one of my favorite things about the transition from the Bryles to the rule era, and I hope this continues, was the support for the other athletics groups other on teams. campus by every aspect of the football team. And that was just really nice to see. So, you know, them being at games for other other teams and cheering them on and hyping them up online. And that was just, it was really nice.
0: It was really nice. And of course, everything has been weird this year yeah. because of COVID, but yeah. um. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's that small Baylor family vibe, and I do think that Baylor has been maligned and, you know, dismissed by the rest of the athletic world at large, and they will never be a blue blood, even if they're really, really great, so it is... It's not the football team against the world, it's Baylor Athletics against the world at this yeah. point. And I'm I'm fine with that. Because I think yeah, that it creates like it. heart. And I, I and I also think it's good to manufacture an enemy in the sports world. Like I think that's a strong motivating force. Yeah. So seven o'clock, Saturday in Norman, against OU, it would be hilarious if we kept them out of the Big 12 Championship. I would love it. So much. Here for the chaos, guys. There's my song. <laughs> and it just, like, looks down, okay, scratches she... her face, and is just like, oh, there okay. Was...
1: Oh, there was being there attacked... I was being attacked by a hair. It wasn't actually me being like, uh-huh embarrassed uh-huh, of uh-huh, Amy's song uh-huh no no no. I grew up in a family where the running joke was um if my parents or someone in the family didn't could pass an entire day without either quoting an old cartoon or singing an old song we were all entitled to brunch at this really expensive no, we we were all entitled to brunch at this really expensive resort in my hometown. Um, no days ever pass where that doesn't happen. There is <laughs> always a quote oh. from an old cartoon or an old song every damn day.
0: I feel like this is my children's childhood. Like,
1: in the future, they're going to be... I've just got to set those stakes. of days, I tell my children, you see what happens, Larry, and they don't get it because my children are not old enough to watch The Big Lebowski, so.
0: Never seen it. Never seen it still. I don't love it, but it's very quotable. Here's a very fun thought exercise. I'm breaking up, I'm breaking up the uh, game plan here really quickly. Uh Christmas, Christmas time movie. Yeah. That you watch every year that is not a Christmas movie.
1: Like, I watch it at Christmas time, but it's so sort of like Die Hard.
0: Yes. But I, like, I don't know. I feel like in common lore now, Die Hard is a Christmas
1: movie. I feel like Die Hard is an excellent movie that happens at Christmas. It is not a Christmas yeah. movie um, Right I don't know if I have any Movies that I watch At Christmas time That aren't Christmas movies I,
0: I So want mine see- is definitely Sound of Music Which has some Christmas In it yeah. but is not a Christmas Movie And I mean- then I also watch Band of Brothers Every Christmas time which has One episode yeah kind of but like and i don't know how those came to be like christmas movies in my mind
1: i watch all the old christmas movies not like i did not grow up watching christmas vacation in fact i've seen it maybe once oh no I hated i've never it. seen it still i hated it, never um, seen it. i've never seen christmas story that is nope, not me neither. not my humor, not the humor I was raised on. But every year I watch Christmas in Connecticut, um, Holiday Inn, White Christmas. Um are there any others? I've never seen any of these either. They're all just really old. Ooh, I, there there I go again, whacking my microphone. I talk with my hands Hitting way too much microphone. for this. Um I don't I don't think there are any I'm gonna to have to think about this. If I think of one, I will tweet okay. it. We'll get back to you on this. Yeah. I already started my my Christmas movie watching with the holiday this weekend, which is just such a good movie. So never seen that one either.
0: It's really I'm good. truly the worst. It really is good. I know. We also didn't watch we didn't watch Ted Lasso, but we will. We will. Okay. Final item on our agenda tonight. She's yes. shaking her head in disgust. Sour grapes of the week. Who had the sourest grapes of the week?
1: Is this the this is the topic that I think you and I agree upon?
0: Uh huh. But yeah. if you have
1: like if you have another entry, I I have a a honorable mention but this is definitely the sourest scrape of the week, is all of the people pissed as hell about Sarah Fuller. Men. It's the men. It's the men. I was being generous, but yes, these people are generally men. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm being inclusive. There's probably like three women out there who are pissed about this. They are. They're. They're very mad online. They're super mad online that a woman kicked in a game kicked in a power five game. You know, it's okay if it's an NAIA team or like D3, that's fine. But a woman kicking in a power five conference game is virtue signaling. And I'm sorry, is the virtue that women should have opportunities? Is that the virtue that we're signaling? Is the virtue that you should teach your daughters that they can do whatever they put their minds to if they take advantage of opportunities presented to them? So a woman who has experience kicking in a sport that relies on kicking way more than football shouldn't take advantage of the opportunity presented to her in a time when her school doesn't have a kicker needs someone who is already in the bubble and quarantined and has been tested and we know they're tested someone who has eligibility someone who has the ability to kick so so we should that's virtue signaling to think that women can't have that opportunity I'm sorry, all these men who are pissed about this are the sourest grapes this week. As I said yesterday,
0: Vanderbilt has not won a game this year. So they had a woman do kickoff in the second half. She squib kicked it to make it an unreturnable kick, which was the goal. Yeah. She is getting like maligned for doing what she was supposed to do and also for the team not having given her a shot to actually kick a field goal or an extra point because they can't even get past the 50. How sad she put them in the exact same position that they've been in all season, AKA the position to not win a football game. She is not. Nothing about having a woman out there altered the trajectory of Vanderbilt
1: football. Like, dear God, people, there, she did not change anything about the thing. She can't possibly make it so that the team puts her in a position to kick an extra point or to kick a field goal. Her only responsibility is to kick whatever they ask her to kick, which she freaking did. It's freaking 2020. 2020 the world has sucked
0: for 10 months. We're all fatigued. We're all hopeless. We're all mourning the loss of normalcy. We're all going into the holiday season wondering like, okay, will my parents be able to join me in the future for normal years or will they die of an illness? Like, what is life going to look like in 2021? What is life going to look like in 2022? Are we going to have a plague every single year? Who knows? What is wrong with having a little bit of a feel-good story? I don't I don't care if it's just a PR stunt. Like I What's wrong with that? And I feel like the people who are angry about that are the very same people who will attack women or woke Twitter for posting under their real names on the internet for everyone to see their opinions or have discussions. And then these people who are upset about it will go onto a message board and post under an anonymous name in a private forum and like just suck the joy out of every aspect of life. It's so freaking toxic and it is just... It is indicative of the two worlds that exist right now. There's one world that is like looking for hope and happiness and joy wherever we can find it. And then there's one world where they just want to tear people down constantly. Yeah. And it's exhausting to be those people.
1: I just keep being reminded of, and I, I don't know who said this originally. I should look it up. But the the quote essentially is that. Equality feels like oppression when you're privileged. Mm -hmm. Like If you are in a position where you have enjoyed privilege, which I'm not saying life has been easy for you. I'm just saying your gender or your skin color or your orientation or your socioeconomic position haven't been one of the factors that made life hard for you. That doesn't mean you haven't experienced hardship. Everyone experiences hardship. There are things in all of our lives that are hard. But if that specific thing didn't give you hardship, that's privilege. Right. You know, I am a white woman in America whose spouse is employed. I realize that in the grand scheme of female STEM grad students, My life is privileged. Does that mean my life is easy? No, it does not. My life is hard. Hard as hell sometimes. That doesn't mean I don't experience privilege and I am very cognizant of that. Allowing women opportunities doesn't take away from the achievements of men in sports and it doesn't make it so that they can't have future opportunities and it doesn't tear down whatever Vandy has achieved this year, which is nothing. You can have something that is a good PR move that is also the right move for the program. The two are not mutually exclusive. Sarah Fuller can be the best damn option for kicker right now and also be a great PR choice. They're not exclusive of one another. Move on.
0: I'm I mean, I think that I think that maybe Vanderbilt's women women's soccer team played in the SEC championship this year. I think so. I can't remember if they won or not. Oh, they helped, they won the first SEC championship that they've won since 1994. Yes. Maybe Sarah Fuller playing in the game just calls attention to the fact that they have at least one SEC program that's doing really, really well. Yeah.
1: What's wrong with that? If We want to highlight other successes for Vanderbilt. They partnered with, I think, Moderna on this upcoming uh, COVID vaccine.
0: Oh, well we know vaccines are voodoo science well, and toxic.
1: <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> i I rolled rules. my eyes so hard y'all. They're, my eyes are stuck in the back of my head. That's how hard I rolled them. I think
0: eventually we have to um record a live podcast <laughs> on camera.
1: I'll wear real- Find I'll a wear way real to make up uh,
0: for that one. Find a way to raise money oh. for a female athletes fund. I like while it. We record a live podcast. I think we could do it on Discord or something. I, we'll have to talk. We we
1: have friends who know how to do this. We just don't know.
0: Maybe maybe we just open up our OnlyFans account. No, I don't know. No, no more OnlyFans. And <laughs> no. it's like no.
1: <laughs> Sorry,
0: Bob. I love the OnlyFans jokes. They're there for the taking. Oh um, gosh. I think I
1: think I think this is all we have well, on the agenda tonight. Do you want to know my honorable mention? Oh, yes, yes, I do. So last week, our sourest grape was Clemson football and Dabo Swinney. Dabo. Dabo specifically. Yes, Yes. specifically Dabo. So this week, again, Florida State canceled on UVA. Is that right? Hmm. I think. uh, I can't remember now. Mm. That was like three days ago that I read about this. So my, that's. In 2020 years. A.K.A. 24 years ago. Yeah, in 2020 years. That was 24 years ago. Um, But Florida State maintained a consistent standard of when they will cancel on other teams due to COVID protocol. How dare they? How dare they? Oh, my gosh. They weren't just scared to play Clemson. Shocker. Um, And canceled for a second week in a row. So even though I haven't seen him actually bitching about this very much, Dabo Swinney is my honorable mention. Oh, Duke. It was, was Duke, Duke? they've canceled on. Okay. I knew it was north of them, although I guess almost everything in the ACC is north of Florida State.
0: So, in other words, Dabo just continues to look dumb. Big dumb. Yeah. Super dumb. We love to see that. I do, actually. Love to see that. So. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, so, join the Baylor Bear Foundation as always. Yes. I got a link if you need a link, my friends.
1: Um, if you are in a position where you are searching for Christmas gifts for loved ones who don't actually need anything and need charities to donate to, Baylor Bear Foundation is a great option. There are other great options as well that are Baylor-associated that I will maybe tweet after I talk to Amy about it because I am totally going off the cuff on this. Uh, but, oh,
0: hell. I don't even know what
1: she's talking about oh, at this point. Oh, I'm, I'm specifically thinking of Preemptive Love, which is a fantastic charity that helps um, people in war-torn regions have meals and um, medical supplies and things that they need. Who is the Baylor person who's associated with that? My mind is totally blanking at the moment, but they've been helping in Syria. They help in Venezuela. Yep, um, fantastic charity. So if if you are blessed and you have family members that you need, you would love to give gifts to, but you also know they don't need anything. And um, uh, preemptive love is a great way to donate in their name and help someone else out. Yeah,
0: I, uh, we're making a big push in the Paget family this year to have our kids pick out gifts for other kids to go to, like, Mission Arlington and stuff yeah. like that. Because like if Angel you are Tree. in a position to do that this year, yes, like, if you're in that position, you're very fortunate this yeah. year. And there are a lot of families who have not been so, and yep. if you can help a... Any charity. Doesn't even have to be a Baylor nope. charity. But
1: yeah. For the last couple years in a row, we have given my in-laws a goat, but it's like a goat. Oh yes. From people. Heifer International. It's actually, this has been through compassion, but same idea. Okay. It's like to a family yes. in another country so that they can, uh, make, Milk in, it. yeah, make income on these animals. Um, we've given chickens, we've given yes. pigs. I think we gave like a quarter of a cow one year. Um, so there are some great options out there if you are looking for ways to impact others positively. So there's a couple of great water charities because there's a lot of people who have water or, and or food insecurity. Um, yeah. Right.
0: And we have a, we have a listener whose dad is like running up uh, doing the wells in Africa and bringing, yes, we will find that back at us and tell that. Yeah. 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 So we need to do a show like maybe at the end of the season dedicated to giving in general. And then I don't know, we'll figure it out. We'll think this out. This might be our live fundraising show. Also. Well, we don't, I don't know. Um, We're doing it live. We're doing it live. (laughs) Bill O'Reilly style. Good. Good for the night. I think
1: we're good. Y'all have a good week. This was an eventful recording. Be yeah. excellent to one another. Realize that everybody Wear is going through something. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Um. Yeah.
0: Reach out to people who are struggling this holiday season. Yeah. My gosh, we all have a gift to make even other your strong lives a little bit better. Right. We're not that strong. No, none of us are. Okay. Sick and bears. Stick em. Maybe, maybe next time we talk, we will be on a two-game winning streak. Here's hoping. Adios, my friends. Bye.